0: cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts,
1: Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Security Squad podcast. I am your co-host, Brian, here with Andre and Randy. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you today?
2: The boys are back.
0: Yeah, we're great. How are you? (laughs) Doing well, doing well. So, today's show, we got a lot to get into. Uh, We're going to talk about a a cyber attack on a hospital um, that is reeling because of this cyber attack, Um, a popular remote software application that's used widely. and This one's interesting to me because I, I think this one could be one of those ones that people are like surprised that they find that this is actually on their system. So we'll, we'll talk about that and what to look out for on your systems to make sure you don't fall victim to the chock full of attacks that are going to come as a result of this vulnerability. Uh, Pennsylvania courts have been hit. Their 911 system also got hit in Bucks County. So we can touch on that a little bit, too, when we talk about that one. Uh, Pentagon is investigating some theft of sensitive information by a ransomware group. So we're gonna fill people in on that, plus the FBI warning about ha- Chinese hackers targeting U.S. infrastructure. Uh, then we're gonna do some uh, a little bit of a talk on Schneider Electric. Electric can't talk today. Being hit by Cactus ransomware, and then a follow up to the Johnson Controls and Clorox ransomware attacks and the damage and the numbers are climbing there so lot to talk about the show today guys before we do remember share the show pay the fee which is uh, we bring this content to you free of charge we don't bore you with ads and we don't run annoying commercials during the show and as repayment for that we ask that you just help us grow the show by sharing it by liking subscribing where you can commenting we're on youtube facebook linkedin uh, and then we're on every podcasting platform out there if you want to listen to us rather than watch us on the social platforms so anything we want to add to that guys about sharing the show and paying the fee before we get into our first topic of the day
1: Just that we really appreciate when people do. It uh, makes a difference and um, makes all this uh, worth it so we can help get the word out about being secure.
2: Yep, make a point uh, of which uh, minute is interesting to you. If you need to share it to your boss or colleagues and, and send it over to them.
0: Yep, just remember if you post a comment during the show, we may see it and bring it up on the screen and ask questions, so fire away with your comments and questions. Um, in order for us to see your name, you have to give StreamYard permission. I don't know how you do that on the platform you're watching us on, but that's uh, that's how it works. So if we don't see your comment, it's because you didn't do that. All right, guys, so um, let's get right into it. We have a recent cyber attack on Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago, um, and it highlights a critical vulnerability in healthcare infrastructure, causing a weak long network outage that severely disrupted patient care and access to medical records as the hospital and law enforcement investigate the broader implications for cybersecurity and healthcare systems are clear so i'm going to bring the article up on the screen here as we kind of talk about it we have an article here from uh it looks like uh abc7 out in chicago yeah so that's not it i got the wrong one so Anyway, um, so what do you guys think this incident says about the current state of cybersecurity readiness in healthcare institutions? I mean, we see these attacks happening in the healthcare sector all the time. So what are your thoughts on uh, on what's happening here?
2: I mean, healthcare is no different than a business. Um, they, can, they run the same Windows operating system like everybody else and have the same mm-hmm. firewalls. Um, the only difference is that they actually are uh, more prone to uh, getting attacked because of the seriousness of their operation, um, hackers and bad guys can um, put a little more pressure on them because having a hospital out for seven days now—that's just not uh, good for the patients and not good PR-wise.
1: Yeah, and Brian, even in in recent studies, um, hospitals are admitting to being under uh, secure. They're not doing enough. They don't have a big enough budget. And the stakes are really high, like uh, like Andre mentioned, not just for downtime where they can't do the work that hospitals need to do, but also the stakes are really high because the information that they contain in that hospital, um, in their data of customers and employees, that information is a literal goldmine to criminals. There are a million ways to Sunday or whatever that statement is, uh, to to be able to use that data to make for criminals to use that data to make money, um, so they're they're not only a, a critical target, but to criminals they're also a high value target. There's a lot of money to extract out of out of that data for criminals. So um, to answer your question, I guess directly, I am not seeing much of an improvement um, over the past uh, few years. Although I, I will say we were in a uh, ER recently. Uh, for uh, for premature uh, NICU, for premature children. And they actually had their screensaver um, okay. on their computers. It was a cybersecurity tip. And I remember walking by there going, yes, it's so good to see something like that because it's so rare. Normally it's like Windows XP, right? And it's not locked. It's just open. You know what I mean? You walk by and it's wide open for the world. Anyway, I digress. Windows XP, my God. Yes. Raise your hand if you've seen Windows XP in a hospital. Stop getting
0: medical treatment in third world countries, Randy. Right. <laughs> so, I guess you guys kind of touched on it a little bit. So, let's talk about, you know, the impact on patient care and, and data accessibility and why these medical institutions should be protecting it so what are some things that hospitals or medical facilities can do to better protect themselves against cyber threats Um, seems to be a problem that this industry in particular the healthcare industry is having a difficult time getting ahead of so what would be you know some of your advice on what they should do Hmm.
2: Well, first of all, they gotta be um, proactive. They they need to make sure that they are hiring. You know, h- hospitals of that size they're naturally going to have internal IT teams, but um, you have to get someone from the outside to do uh, different type of penetration testing to see where the holes are, and um, help them prepare for these type of situations. Right now, as the article said, seven days, no phones, no internal internet, um, no. Um, what's the other one? No, no computer access. And, you know, people are even questioning, should, can we go to the ER? Like, even if you, even if they say the ER is open, how much are you wanting to even go there or, or trust them at the time? Because their nurses are doing paper and pen, iPads, all of the their devices, everything is down. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, if, if, if I have an emergency, I'm going to be going somewhere else.
1: Yeah, 100%. So Randy, what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, so they do have that internal IT, um, which is great and the hospital can't run without them, but they, they need to also make sure that they either have staffed for cybersecurity or that they have outsourced for cybersecurity. And, you know, they need to bring in things like process control where things aren't allowed to run unless they're specifically identified beforehand. And, and, that is a kind of a pain in the butt when you're a worker uh, excuse my french you know it is but the, on the other other side of the equation it means that things that are unknown aren't going to run there's some things like that 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 need to take place um there's a lot more training involved when you have things like that and there's there's more overhead of money um but if i had to guess that's probably one thing that they don't have um right here and then also, you know, they're using Microsoft Windows, most likely. You've got built in to either 365 or Active Directory or hybridization of both. The ability to really control everything that are almost everything that's on that computer. Things that are rolled out, policies that are in place. So many things that can be done. Uh, but you've got to have that expert coming into the situation uh, to make it happen.
2: And soon you're going to have... Um... Nurses and doctors and staff uh, come Friday. Who knows if they're going to get paid because, you know, nobody, how are you tracking your timesheets and payroll and, you know, all of this thing. So I hope they really have a plan for these people.
1: There there was a payroll hack we talked about in here. I can't remember the name, but it was like 13 months ago, 14 months ago. I have a friend in the payroll industry. uh, Speaking of payroll, Andre, they're Mm -hmm. still dealing with that. Um, there's still ramifications from that. He's, he, he is getting in front of companies all the time um, as a payroll salesperson because of their experience with that, with that hacked uh, company. So yeah, that that's going to be a huge disruption when payroll comes around uh, this Friday and their machines are all still locked down. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll just kind of wrap up here with, you know, my thoughts that, you know, hospitals, I agree with you, Randy, need to implement, you know, zero trust at a lot of different levels. I, just because of the hospital, uh, some of the things that I've been involved with and some of the people that I know that work in that industry, um, it, th- I would say two things. You, you're, you're talking about like process control in terms of like technical Um, you know, meaning like if a piece of software runs or not on your, on your computer system. And I think hospitals need to do a better job of just zero trust from a lot of different aspects like networks and things Mm -hmm. like that, which, what you're letting on your network, Mm -hmm. um, but also education to their employees, Uh, um, doing things, simple things like, you know, the basics of cybersecurity and the education you should be providing Uh, Hospital staff turnover, depending on the hospital, depending on the department, can be quite high. Um, And being able to train your employees on what to do and how to do it um, is is critical in in making sure that events like this don't happen. And I think right now, uh, most medical facilities focus on the EMR system. And there's a lot of what we call PHI leak out there or leakage, meaning it, it end, your medical records end up outside of the, the EMR system. Um, and that happens a lot in hospitals. So um, just, you know, having a good process from a from an operational standpoint and having better processes around training and people, you know, knowing what to do and what not to do. On the computer networks is is a, a going to be a big step in the right direction for a lot of these hospitals. Um, it's severely lacking, and a lot of the things I just said there feel like the basics. But that's why this industry is being exploited so heavily by cyber criminals because cyber criminals know it's it's pretty easy to hack these these big organizations yeah. and get paid. So. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, moving right along here. Um, we have the cyber attack on AnyDesk, which if you don't know what AnyDesk is, it's a remote support software that allows anybody for the matter to remote into computers and and you know administer them, you know, work with them. Um, compromise, AnyDesk compromised its systems leading to the theft of source code and private keys. You can see the steam coming out of Randy's head right now. AnyDesk engaged CrowdStrike for remediation, successfully expelling the threat actor, but despite the breach, no end-user devices were compromised due to AnyDesk's design, avoiding the storage of exploitable keys or passwords. Following the attack, compromised AnyDesk credentials surfaced uh, uh, for sale online, suggesting a rush by cybercriminals to exploit the situation before users could reset their passwords. <clears throat> AnyDesk advises users to update their software and change passwords used elsewhere. So, guys, considering any Desk quick response and remediation efforts, how effective do you think current cybersecurity measures are in preempting such breaches? Do you think this was a good response by the company and do you think they have a problem or not?
2: Well, it's your typical response. Hey, everything's OK. Everything is separated, isolated, nothing to see here keep on using our product. Um, But, you know, time will tell. And and we're going to see in the next six months how true this is.
1: I I know the, the timing here is pretty tough for AnyDesk as well, because AnyDesk is used by a lot of scammers. But AnyDesk, the company itself is not a scam company. And they have really tried hard to improve their image. And then this is like they're just now getting above that image of, hey, they're only for scammers, which they never intended that to be. And now they're now they're just basically kicked down at the knees again because this happened. I would say this. If your company, if you're listening, if your company's involved in any kind of software development, it's time to re like renew your signing keys, because we've had over the last two years, guys, we've seen so many of these source code things getting where they got where they were stolen a lot of it had to deal all going all the way back to the solar winds hack um but there there needs to be a process in place a zero trust process in place with your code as well as everything else and what that means is you know you're doing code review um all changes are verified that they they are legit and it's probably time to renew all of your signing keys and just um refresh those maybe it's done on a regular basis i know brian you were involved in software development um before in a uh previous life you could probably uh speak a little better than that uh than me Um, i would love to hear your uh thoughts on that
0: andre you good you want to answer the question you want me you want you want me to bounce on uh randy's question now
2: no, go for it. I mean, for just I was I would, the only other thing I was going to say is never believe what a company says after a um, attack. Yeah, I mean, it, and the, and the
0: other question I was going to ask you guys regarding this, and I'll kind of ask that question and then answer your question, Randy. But okay. you know, what steps should companies and users take to mitigate the risk of such compromised information? Mm. Um, to answer your question, Randy, yeah, I mean. The, they the exploitable keys there's i don't know what they're talking about about any desk design that's that's what i don't have insight on to see if that design is really foolproof when it comes to the disassociation of keys i'm a little skeptical because they're requiring everybody to change their password um and i guess that password reset will kind of create new keys. So hopefully they invalidated all these keys um, and then are forcing passwords when you try to access the systems. What I don't understand is, is um, are they cutting off all the current connections, right? So you have millions of devices around the world that are connecting to any desk server. So other, you know, people can connect into them. I mean, this is how this stuff works the traffic centrally goes somewhere, any data centers. And how do those connections stop? Right. So do you lose access to your your endpoints when when they do this? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to reestablish those mm-hmm. connections? So do you have to go into each endpoint and log in or do those connections remain persistent? Because if they remain persistent, then that means the keys would have to still be in place. Right. So that's that's the big question for me is like, uh, you know, it sounds good, but there could be more there there um, than what's being there always is than what's being pushed. Uh, You know, they might have some fail safe thing that they put in place a long time ago. Somebody thought like, hey, if this gets we're going to do this. But then, what is the repercussions of that? Does that mean, you know, if a company like me or another, you know, a company uses this across their fleet and they have fifteen hundred endpoints that now have to be re-authenticated, that's not going to be an easy task for somebody to deal with. So,
1: I would bet that this this deals with the trust relationship um, between the control server and the endpoints, and so probably that would. When you change your password, then you have to log back in with new credentials, new token, all that jazz um, that reestablishes that trust. And then the new certificates are there. So I wouldn't think that this is kicking everybody out permanently, um, but it's still I guess I have a little bit of uh, a little bit of comfort, if you will, that they that they at least brought in somebody quick. I don't know. I know CrowdStrike is a huge name. Um, so you know, we'll see. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just gonna kind of rehash that question
0: I asked, like what what step companies take in order to mitigate the risks of something like this? Because you're talking about passwords that are being that are out there, right? And I guess my fear is with this is like that administrator who, uses any desk has any desk password set mm-hmm. and it's also his password for like 55 other things
2: right
0: right how how much risk is does that does this now introduced to certain organizations mhm right and it's not going to be hard for the for hackers to figure it out if they have emails right or or they have some kind of way to identify the company that the account belongs to that can get pretty ugly pretty quick
1: yeah and, and we've seen a general trend in this. Anything that's related to IT management of many systems, you know, so instead of just hacking one company, if they can hack something that's IT related, they can hack many. Um, so this is continuing in that general trend of IT related stuff being under the gun. And so what can they do to mitigate? Um, what can they do to prevent this from happening? You know, they need to be, they need to have, A.I. slash backed up by humans, they need to have an ingestion of everything going on in their company. What's going coming and going through the firewalls, what's coming and going over the endpoints, what's coming and going over 365. All that needs to be ingested and it needs to be um, digested, looked at by humans and looked for anomalies. And, you know, there's a million other things they can do. um, But, you know, that's one of the things they need to do right there. They need to be, be sure that they've implemented that and make sure that um they are watching their systems. I'm sure it's happening now with CrowdStrike. Um should already been happening before.
2: I was Andre, reading some yeah, that. I was reading some forms. They were talking about how Anydesk released this on a Friday afternoon when they knew about it days before and how even that nice. was not really the best thing to do on their side. <laughs> so so I'm imagining
1: on Friday afternoons that hackers and companies that have been hacked go out for a beer together because <laughs> the most uh, popular time to start a hack and it's also the most popular time to release the fact that a hack happened. So they do the work at 5 30, then, then go out and have a beer together after. I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy that you that you found that. <laughs> but he looks for it. I mean, that's his that's his thing. <laughs> that's right. So and now you know the rest of the story,
2: Telling me something go. new.
1: All right, here we go. So uh,
0: anything else we wanna to add to that before we move on to this uh, company <clears throat> courts issue? Nope, so good here. all right, so let me pull that up, switch it up. Here we go. So uh, I gotta find my article spot. I lost my spot. That's not that one. Sorry guys
1: i can start it if you want me to it. You know, pennsylvania court
0: website experienced a dos attack interestingly enough at, right after an article comes out that chinese hackers are using soho devices in people's homes to perform <clears throat> these types of attacks so this denial server attacks render parts of its online services unavailable and that really sucks for the court systems if you know anything about court systems chief justice Deborah Todd confirmed that while services were being restored, there's been no indication of compromised court data yet. Law enforcement, including Department of Homeland Security and the FBI are investigating. The incident highlights vulnerabilities in public di- digital infrastructure and raises questions about cybersecurity measures in place. So guys, I wanna talk about how these attacks impact public trust and digital government services and what steps can be taken to mitigate these concerns. So. Do you feel like we are at a point where public trust in government services is being degraded because of these cyber attacks, or do you think people just don't care?
2: We're- well, it it stops it starts from the top. I mean, if the government can't even protect themselves, and then it, then you see the hospitals can't protect themselves. So I think, yeah, definitely, there's no trust in any of this now. Or- I think I don't know if we said it in the show or where I heard from it, but it's like people just now assume and think and, and just like, yeah, my data is out there. Like, what, what you know, what, right. what, what else do you want me to do about it?
1: We're we're kind of at a place where there's a lot of degraded government trust in general. And yes, this doesn't help. Um, but at the same time, if it's if it's just a denial of service attack, um, you know, does that mean that the bad actors are in their systems? Um, no. Not necessarily, but um, it does, you know, it's yet another thing that, that a company, a bit, you know, a business or a government, a city needs to be aware of is their, their website um, is usually it's a place where services are delivered. Like, where do you pay your bill? Um, You know, if you had a court fine, where do you pay? You can go in person or you can pay on the website you know the websites are an integral part of a lot of businesses a lot of government um and uh, needs to be secured and I'm kind of off topic back to your original uh question
2: so i know D, you know ddos attacks are um i i would think that between your isp your hardware now in days it's 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 much harder like there's services that that's there for that now right or no i'm mm-hmm. i'm not saying it, it can't happen but I would just think that that's like, you know, really, really like lesson now.
1: It potentially could be. I mean, you can. I know uh, Brian. Um, there's uh, some issues with uh, Cloudflare. That's kind of how Cloudflare is designed to uh, obfuscate, i.e., to hide your IP address of your web server, um, and then they can absorb like, like petabytes. I think is what they say of you know denial of service attack, you know, pings is basically what they are. You know, that would be, that would be one very simple way. Doesn't guarantee, you know, if the uh, eye of Sargon or whatever (laughs) is looking at you, they're going to find out your IP address eventually. Um, But it can help, you know, help you kind of lay low and kind of stay out of the, uh, out of the fray, if you will. Um, I don't know about these guys, this, uh, this court, they're, they they run their own web server. Are they hosting it on, you know, AWS or somewhere? Are they trying to hide the IP address? You know, we don't know. We don't know those things.
0: No, but if you're involved in the courts, you, you know when you can't do things. I mean, this this you know the the wheels of justice have come to a grinding halt as, mm. as, well as a result of the cyber attack. Yikes! Um, and I guess for me, it's two things. It's one, people just aren't in tune to the fact that their data is out there and it's been stolen because it hasn't been abused yet. Um, And I've heard two different thoughts on this recently. Like people are like, you know, they can only take advantage of people who have good credit, which is kind of like a a not really true. Um, I mean, it's, you have more to work with if somebody has good credit, let's put it that way. But it doesn't mean that if you have poor credit, you're somebody can't do something in your name. Um, there's a lot of scams going on out there right now around, uh, insurance fraud and claims being filed. Um, because people have enough information to say that, you know, they got into an accident or they did something or they did that and they get the money, you know, wired to them from your insurance company on an insurance claim that never happened. Um, things like this are happening all the time. And I'm just going to warn people that cyber criminals Are working every single day to figure out how to monetize all this information that's out there and i'm hearing about new scams and new ways that they're doing it every single day so there's things that most people aren't aware of or haven't even thought of yet that are going to happen in the future as a result of all this data being out there Um, besides that you know when it comes to this specific event you're looking at a court system and really unless you or maybe somebody who goes to court a lot. I don't know. You like to commit a lot of crimes or maybe you're just, you know, you go through a lot of divorces. I don't know. Or you're a business that gets sued a lot. Um, Unless you're dealing with the courts a lot, this doesn't affect you. But when you, when it does affect you, it sucks because you can't get done what it is you're trying to get done. Like if you're buying and
1: selling cars is a thing. They have to go to courts all the time to get, you know, certificates and all that jazz. Anyway, keep going, sorry.
0: Right. And it just holds, it, it makes people frustrated, right? It's, it's just more frustration, more stress, more things, More bad things can happen too, right? I mean, you know, deadlines can be missed, you know, uh, payments can be missed, you know, as a result of people not getting their money or whatever from the courts or, you know, they were, they were relying on something to come in. Um, and just because something like this and the system goes down and things can't be processed, They're left holding the bag and they have to deal with all the repercussions of whatever, you know, is on the other side of that. So that's when trust starts to get eroded by individuals. But I don't think it affects enough people at the same time for it to get the attention that it should. Um, I mean, yeah, it's in the news, but at the end of the day, this is going to be one of those things that is in the news today and it's forgotten about tomorrow. So
2: what do you say? That's what I said. Yeah. No. <laughs> you're Cause you said forgotten you're about tomorrow. Forgot. So I was yep, like, what do you think? We already <laughs> forgot. <laughs>
1: and I just say, like, whenever I hear anything like this, my little uh conspiracy radar goes up. And you know, I was think I was thinking about maybe it was Sons of Anarchy in that show that they used a giant magnet to like erase some records inside a courtroom. And it makes me wonder: is somebody famous supposed to go on a trial or you know, some something like that where they've like attacked this specific court just to disrupt so they could do something nefarious. Anyway.
0: <laughs> don't know, Randy, don't know. So moving right along, uh, we're going to talk about the Pentagon investigating a claim by a ransomware group, Alf V about stealing sensitive data from Virginia, Virginia IT companies serving the U S military. Uh oh. Mm. The data purportedly includes personal and security details of individuals and contracts with federal entities. The Department of Defense and law enforcement are involved in the investigation with no comment on the specifics of the stolen data. The incident underscores the vulnerability of contractors and the potential implications for national securities. So. On the heels of CMMC being the law of the land for DoD contractors as of December 2023, guys, how does this and the CMMC stuff reflect on the
1: cybersecurity posture of military
0: contractors?
1: I mean, this underscores the importance. So it reflects, from that perspective, that it's a it's a really big deal. Here's 300 gigabytes of data. Um, just got leaked to the world, you know, um, data based on, you know, a lot of stuff within our government and or military. So underscores it in a huge way how important it is.
2: And I thought the uh, um, Alpha B, this is the same ones that did MGM, right?
0: Yep. uh v has been I mean
2: yeah. a million cuz I even remember we we did a um podcast when the FBI took them down and then like a couple of days later they they came right back up.
1: Yeah, they had one of those uh mission accomplished moments.
2: Right. <laughs> well, we there you go your tick free tap. Hey FBI, you want to, you know, mess with us? Look what we can do. So I mean,
0: my thoughts on this are pretty simple. It's, you know, military contractors, defense contractors, especially the small ones, are, are going to have to step up um, their game big time here, especially in the next two years with CMMC, uh, definitely going to be impacting their businesses. Uh, I think it's also going to cause a lot of companies to drop out of trying to do things like IT for for the military or for defense contractors, um, because the stakes are so high and they're going to have to do this stuff because they're going to be audited. Um, and you know that I guess that's the big thing for me is is kudos to the, to the government on uh, you know really putting the clamps on these companies because. Things like this are happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and information is being stolen, and we have to put an end to it because eventually this information is going to be used against us in some way, shape, or form. And things like this, you really <clears throat> don't want that being used against you. Yeah. So, and you know, you know,
1: these guys are going to make their ransom on this one.
0: You know, so what? I, you know, I want to go into it a little bit here, guys. Like, I kind of touched on it a little bit. Like, we don't want this information being in the wrong hands, you know, right. with, the, with the wrong enemy, right? So what could some of the consequences be of this data breach for national security and the individuals whose information may have been compromised? Like what could a threat actor actually do with this information?
2: Well, this goes back this goes to comfort. this goes to not them not even wanting money. But now them going to people with uh, policy influence and saying, we have your information. We know you're doing this or, you know, whatever they can expose on them and uh-huh. then do some type of um, um back, back uh, like a kind of like a blackmail in the sense of, you know, um, we need you to vote this way or we need you to do this in, in your department that you work in or whatever the case is. Yeah, because I would even see it where Alpha V is now going to the higher ups in the government and saying, you know, we don't want money. We want you to change your policy on this or else we're going to release this of all your, you know, we're going to sell it for the Russians or whatever, you know, although they are Russian, but you know, it appears
1: so far that, so they're saying that Technica or Technica needs to reach out to them. Um, They'll probably try to get money, but you're totally right, man. Like, this could be that is a really big water jug. That's amazing. Or was that a gallon illusion? A <laughs> gallon <laughs> the day, I try. Um but um yeah, so um so they're asking for, you know, Technica to reach back out to them. So maybe there's a chance that that maybe maybe Alfie's saying, "Okay, we just want our money, but you're right." I mean, any any government in the world that's opposed to us could probably offer alpha V money more money than than anybody's gonna pay in ransom and that could totally be used for so many things you know to twist people's arms to make policy happen um, things like that so uh yeah it's you're, you're right uh Brian what you said you know kudos for the government um, for putting those things in place and you know that requires um laying out what kind of contract that the IT companies have with the contractors, what kind of informations being dealt with? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that it uh, that it lays out, and hopefully it'll be effective. I bet you this company was already doing it though, uh, most likely because they're pretty huge. But you don't know. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll see. So, eh, I wouldn't assume. <clears throat> um,
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and and not uh, not to mention just like you can you can fake an identity of somebody who has a secret clearance or something like that. Um, And that could lead to a lot of bad things, right? Somebody getting access to information they shouldn't have because they were able to, you know, trick somebody into giving them access somehow some way because they had enough information uh, on these, on these people to where they could get access to their system. So Mm -hmm.
2: that's
0: that's a big problem and a big threat that I look at when I see Personal information of people uh, who have security clearance stolen from an IT company.
2: Yeah.
0: So, all right, guys, moving right along. We got uh, Schneider Electric, an energy giant, suffered a cactus ransomware attack uh, on its. Oh, got an ad here. On its sustainability business division with terabytes of corporate data potentially compromised. The company is working on recovery and containment, emphasizing that the breach was isolated to this division without affecting other parts of the company. The incident raises concerns about data security and the resilience of critical infrastructure against cyber threats. So how significant of the impact is the such ransomware attack on the global energy uh infrastructure and sector like what what is the impact here to um, just overall the sector not so much the business
1: thoughts on that Um, I'm not sure of the exact direct impact but this Schneider Electric um, their sustainability division um, and their customers include Allegiant Travel Company Clorox um, which we may or may not mention in a little bit. DHL, Worldwide Shipping Company, DuPont, Hilton, uh, Lexmark, PepsiCo, Walmart. I mean, these are some of the biggest corporations um, in the world. Probably every one of them, you know, almost every one of them in the top 100 or 1,000 for sure, largest corporations. So that's a big deal, big impact. We don't know how deep this is going to go. They got a crap ton of data, terabytes. Um, we'll just see, um, how, 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 when, as the, uh, you know, more stuff unfolds, more news unfolds.
2: I could see a crazy movie because, you know, this is the same company that makes the APC battery backups. And I could see a crazy thing where now they have the plans and they are able to reverse engineer something and just shut down, you know, all your servers and things like that plug into your, your battery backup and you... Put some code in there that that's malicious that says not to accept any more incoming current. Like there's so many yeah. bad things, and I know that we didn't talk about the whole thing with China, but uh-huh. there's just so much different ways this can be used. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, because you're talking. I mean, we're not just talking about a battery backup that you plug into the wall and has a battery. And a lot of these are connected to the internet. They're sitting yeah. out there. So you know, if you can get access to one, it's you know and there's a lot of potentials there. You're right. So. so considering this double extortion tactic used by Cactus Ransomware, what strategies should companies employ to protect against or respond to these types of cyber attacks? So against double extortion, right, which is these these ransomware groups take your data and they threaten to, you know, first off, they, the first threat is you got to pay us. That's extortion one, and the double extortion is well, yeah, you, you got to pay us to get your data back, but oh yeah, you might have backups or some other way to get your data back, so that doesn't work. So then they say, okay, well, we have all this data, we're going to release it to the public on our dark web leak site if you don't pay us what we're asking for, um, and you can't pres- you can't really uh, prevent that from happening, even if you pay. So let's talk about what companies can do to to prevent that data from being stolen in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Because If we can do that, then we're not talking about double extortion. So can you prevent data from being exfiltrated off your your company's network like these guys are successfully able to do time and time again, guys?
2: You can, you can encrypt. Um, It's sometimes a pain in the butt, but all your internal documents that doesn't necessarily need to go out, um, encrypt that data and an analogy I've been using now with my clients is treat your, treat your file server or wherever your data is being stored as a pizza slice. You know, in every department, it's a slice and your you know, accounting department doesn't need to talk or anybody doesn't need to see what's in the marketing, even though marketing could just have logos and branding stuff, but just still keep it separate. Only if those three people need it in that department, then keep it to those three people. And don't don't um, have permissions where it's just open just because.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Then also, your uh, to answer your question, Brian, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but same same thing as you need insight on the data um, on your network. Um, you need insight on where where it is, where it's getting moved to, both uh, data that might be on servers, data that data that might be stored in three sixty five, like. All of that has the ability to be to take all of the basically the logs, the insights, all that jazz has the ability to be piped up, um, to uh AI, which can which can basically basically watch it raise flags when things happen. Um, it's it's complicated, but we got to get more serious about protecting our our data that way, yeah, 100%. I mean, <clears throat> um this is one of
0: those things where you're worried about an attack on the grid, but then you have a company that's way <laughs> deep, you know, in, in, you know, as part of that grid. Yep. Um, and this can, this can impact a, a lot of different people on a lot of different levels, not, you know, not just on service delivery, but there's a lot of people who have these products in their homes in their businesses. Um, and you know, when you're talking about terabytes of data, you know, that that's concerning. So, you know, nobody should be able to take off terabytes of data without some system alerting you that this is happening. So, all right, guys, let's move along. Last topic of the day uh, is a follow up to a couple of ransomware attacks that happened uh, earlier and in, in, at the end of 2023, I should say. We're talking about the cyber attacks on Clorox and Johnson Controls, and they have both filed in their recent SEC filing that those attacks resulted in a combined cost of $76 million, highlighting the financial impact of such security events. This information, like I said, was disclosed in their SEC filings, and it reflects a trend towards greater transparency in cybersecurity risk and incidents among public companies. So, what does the shift towards transparency in reporting cybersecurity incidents suggest about the evolving landscape of corporate risk management? So, what does this shift towards transparency mean to you guys? What are you guys saying?
2: How expensive it is, um, you know, after the fact and the reason why you need to have insurance, uh, cyber insurance specifically. And and it's uh
1: so this. The reason the SEC SEC is involved, Brian, is is because this is like having like playing poker and having like an ace of spades like stuck down in your boot or something like that. It makes for an uneven playing field. Cheating. When when the businesses aren't transparent, um, you don't know that they're going to, they're fixing to have to pay $56 million to an attacker or whatever. And you might be in a shareholders meeting and people are investing all kinds of money in this. And this just gets it all out there, Um, you know, and that's very important because it it levels that playing field when it comes to trading, buying and selling of stocks. Yeah.
0: And I think it's that whole when everybody says it's not if but when you get hit. And I think it that's it makes the when more real for business leaders who are making decisions on risk. Because when you don't hear about these stories and you don't know about this stuff happening, you don't think it's happening and you don't think it's ever going to happen to you. But the reality of it is, is it's happening at a freakishly high pace and businesses are struggling and governments and schools and you know universities are struggling to defend against cyber criminals. And things like this make it come out and make the truth come out and make businesses take notice. So they actually start to do stuff before they become a victim themselves. So, and then talking about the significant financial impacts reported by Clorox and Johnson Controls, how should companies adjust their cybersecurity strategies to mitigate potential financial losses from cyber attacks? Do you guys think this is something where you know the the prevention is is way cheaper than the cure, or Is this something that business leaders are going to look at and say, well, we're going to have to invest 76 million. These two companies could say we're going to have to invest 76 million into cyber defenses. So it's like a trade off, you know what I'm saying? Do you do it or do you not do it? Right? Do you just take the risk of not doing it? It's like we say on the show all the time, driving around without car insurance, you can do it. But if you run into an incident or an accident or a problem, you might, you better hope you have that insurance in place or it could get ugly for you. Um, now, I don't like comparing cyber, what we do, cyber security services and compliance services to insurance because it's not the same. But businesses look at it that way. Should I invest in this or should I take the risk of not doing anything and hope I don't get hit? What you do you guys think? Invest. I mean. Yeah. How much? Like, so you you guys are saying that it's cheaper to to do it. So, you, in your opinion, it would have cost Clorox and Johnson Controls way less than seventy six million to prevent this problem from happening to them in the first place. Is that where we're all at on this? I think yeah.
2: so. Yeah. Yeah. But what doesn't help is their earnings report still showed that they uh, they beat their earnings report, so that doesn't help. Both companies. Um, uh i'm looking only at clorox i don't know for the for, for johnson controls but like if they had shown like a you know negative 10 percent or something that would have just been like the punch i can't
0: imagine clorox because i i mean i know that there wasn't clorox on the shelves for weeks as a result of this
1: wow so how does that, that not impact your
0: that. i mean there, but also not-
1: oh
2: sorry
0: And it depends what industry you're in. I mean, you're talking about two different industries, right? You're talking about retail versus a service industry, which is basically what Johnson Controls is. Um, You know, you can't get product on the shelf is one thing. Can you limp by and still provide services? Sure, hospitals get attacked all the time and they can still provide services by doing things on pen and paper. Is it fun? No, but they can get by. And I think that's the case for Johnson Controls. It really depends on your
1: business. I I think, Brian, your question is part of why we have these rules because it may very well seem to the CEOs or the people that make the decisions, oh, $76 million, you know, and cybersecurity experts say one to three percent of our gross rev ought to be spent on cybersecurity. We're multi-billion dollar companies, so we saved money by the 76 million. That's one of the reasons why the SEC has stepped in and said, you got to do something about it, because there's all kinds of ramifications that don't get added into that $76 million. You've got people's information that gets dealt with, other cyber crimes down the road that people have to deal, have to deal with, lawsuits that come against the company because of two previous said things, you know, on and on. So I think the that very question is why the SEC stepped in and said here's what needs to happen. So I think they're trying to push towards being more cyber secure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also um, that we have,
0: uh, where's my layout? There we go. Um, I also think, you know, reputational damage, right? Is also a cost that you can't even calculate, right? you know, at some point, people are going to decide to stop doing business with certain companies because of cyber attacks. Now, I don't know if people stop buying bleach because of a cyber attack, you know, from Corox and choose another brand. I don't I don't know if it'll go that far. But if you know a certain um, password manager has been breached, you're not going to buy that password manager anymore or been breached a million times. I mean, mm-hmm. um you know, if you know a certain tax preparing pa- preparing firm has been breached, are you going to do your taxes with them this year? Um, you know, those are things that I think people look at because they're giving so much information, so much sensitive information. Uh, you know, you're not really exchanging much information when you're talking about a Clorox breach, but I think, that, you know, you know, they're going to be impacted quicker with the bottom line than a company like Johnson Controls where that has to play out over time and people have to decide I'm going to go do business with your competitor because they don't get hacked
2: right
1: so all
0: right guys that wraps it up for today Uh, good show we covered a lot of topics anything you guys want to shout out before we uh, hit the end stream button
2: nope we're good all right
0: we'll see everybody next week take care and stay safe
1: see y'all